So let's do a show and tell, okay? So what do you guys think an appropriate response to the following might be? I never feel skinny enough. I make myself throw up. Um, well, you're not that skinny, Carol. I do sometimes. You, you sometimes do make me throw up uh, if I think about you. I mean, that's... Sorry, is that... Graham, Graham. Smashing Security, Episode 108. Hoaxes, Who Are We? And Chatbots, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 108. My name is Graham Cluley. I'm Carol Terrio. Hello, Carol. How are you? What's going on? I'm good. Uh, i got a funny story for you, Graham. So I'm, I'm doing Christmas cards yesterday, right, for the neighbours, yeah. right? Yeah. And I've you know, got cards for, you know, Mrs. Smith, and I've got cards for Mr. Rogers, right? And my husband starts laughing because inside his card I wrote, to the man with the juiciest plums. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> every, every, every fall he gives me a bag of damsons, you see? <laughs> so, uh, there you go. Oh, oh I hello. I don't know well, if I should send it now, oh. <laughs> but it's quite funny. Yes, get your, get your mind out of the gutter, never mind. Um, and we're joined this week by a special returning guest. It's our pleasure to have Mikko Hippanen back. Hi, Mikko. Hi there. Hello, Graham. Hello, Carol. How are Mikko. you? Mikko. Great. So glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you. You know, my young son is off school today because he's a little bit sick, or at least claiming to be a little bit sick. And he said, uh, who, who are you doing a podcast with, Dad? And I said, uh, oh, Mikko Hippanen. I said, he goes, Mickey Hypno Man. So he sort of thinks you're some mesmerising superhero, which he is. isn't Go that far from the truth, really, is it? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not a superhero. I'm a supervillain. Do you wear your pants outside your trousers? That's what we all want to know. <laughs> no, not yet. But, you know, I'm sure when I retire. <laughs> I'm sure Graham will be your Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll return to you on that topic, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get back to you on that. Now we've got some super-duper content coming up on today's show. I'm going to be talking about the strange case of George Duke Cohen, someone who, it seems, couldn't stop himself from getting into trouble. Miko's talking everything Huawei, and Crawl is doing a little deep dive on some chatbot apps. Plus, we have a bonus interview from one of our previous guests. Oh, Crawl sounds curious. All this coming up. <laughs> You need a password for your email account. You need a password for your Amazon, your eBay, your PayPal. You need passwords for everything these days. And if it wasn't enough of a nightmare looking after your passwords on a personal level, imagine protecting every password inside your business. That's where LastPass comes in. Every password is an entryway into your business. LastPass makes it easy to secure them all. With centralized control, you can get insight into employee password behavior and the power to change them from your admin dashboard. Find out more. Visit lastpass.com slash smashing. And welcome back. Now, I want you two chaps to imagine that you worked at the airport. Thank you for waiting, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the glamour. I used to work at the airport. Did you? Yeah, I used to work at the airport in Ottawa. Oh, what kind of thing did you do? PR. That was one of my first jobs. And I spent half of my time at the airport. (laughs) (laughs) Well, imagine you are the person who answers the phone at the airport. There's only probably one person at the airport who answers the phone. (laughs) The person who helps people know if their plane is delayed or whether you can buy Toblerone in duty-free, those sort of important questions. Information. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. And one day you get a call like this. My daughter just called me like 10 minutes ago, crying on the phone, saying that her flight was getting hijacked. 
who said they, they were holding them hostage and that they were being pushed to the back of the plane and one of them had a bomb. They had everybody at the back of the plane. Oh, God. I don't know what I would do. Pretty serious stuff, eh? Well, I'm going to tell you the story of how things got to that bonkers state. Just over one year ago, in October 2017, mm. the website of a British college in Watford suffered a denial of service attack. There's a college in Watford? Yes, there are people. <laughs> Watford's not that bad. <laughs> I didn't say it was bad. I used to I'm live just, just down the road from Watford. Oh, well, well, I think the real question is, is there a college which has not experienced a DDoS attack? Right. <laughs> yeah. And in particular, is there a college which hasn't suffered a DDoS attack from one of its own students studying in IT, which is what <laughs> happened in this particular case. So it was one of their own students, a guy called George Duke Cohen, at the time was 18 years old. And they identified that it was him, but they allowed him to stay on the course for who knows what reason. Okay. A decision which I imagine they came to regret, because just a few months later, at the end of January this year, yeah. the college was on the receiving end of a different type of threat. An email bomb threat was received by the college, which, uh, understandably, they, you know, they tend to take those sort of things seriously, just in case. And 2,500 students and staff were evacuated from the college. Uh-huh. And who do you think was responsible? George Duke. Cohen. Blasted George. Blah, George. The same guy who did the denial of service. Now, that time he got thrown out of the college and the police were called and they gave him a good talking to and said, don't be naughty ever again. But soon after, bomb threats were emailed to over 1,700 schools and nurseries up and down the UK saying that explosives had been planted. And the email said that unless $5,000 worth of cryptocurrency was moved into the account of a US-based Minecraft server, Jeez. buildings would be blown up. And basically they said, we're going to blow up everything unless the payment's made, right? This is a really fun story, by the way. Super Thank you. Great. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Well, <laughs> now, the fact that they were saying put it into the account of a Minecraft server, it didn't mean that the Minecraft server were the people who were actually threatening to blow up the place. That, of course, was something of a Joe job. They were trying to make the authorities think that it was this Minecraft server because someone had a grudge against them. Hundreds of schools were evacuated. And, well, who do you think was responsible for all of these email threats? George! George! Duke Cohen. (laughs) A couple of days later, someone called Hertfordshire Police, claiming that their phone had been hacked. Rather unusual call to make. Who was the person making the phone call? George Duke Cohen. And police were thinking, who's this strange chap who's calling us up? He's referring to these school threats and other things. So he's he's knitting with one needle, right? Well, this will come up later exactly what his problem is. But police arrested him. They finally arrested him. About they seized time. his computers yeah. and smartphone. Well, you say about time, Carol. Just wait. Okay. It gets worse. They got his computers. They got his smartphone. They found out that he was using the Twitter account of hacking gang and DDoS gang called Apophis Squad, who had targeted the likes of Brian Krebs <laughs> and other websites as well with DDoS attacks. But... As the police carried on investigating, they released him on bail. <coughs> Wrong decision. Because now, despite all the warnings, despite having been arrested, who do you think <laughs> sent a further wave of 24,000 hoax bomb emails 24, to schools? 24,000? 24, Damn it, George. 
Damn it, George! <laughs> You're grounded for sure this time. And the, the messages were quite scary. They, they said, you know, a male student yeah. is going to come onto your campus. He will look normal, but inside his bag is a bomb. It's a powerful explosive. You need to put your school on lockdown. We are planning to kill every student in the room. And this is still, and we want you to put money into this Minecraft server? At this point, they're not asking specifically for, for money. This has been done basically for lols to laugh. Thanks. Thanks for the <laughs> translation. <laughs> yes, no, no, I'm happy to explain. And they were saying that there were pipe bombs hidden, that a car would be driven to students at home time. Really, really unpleasant stuff. But it wasn't hard to work out who was behind it. I mean, Miko's already ahead of us. He's worked out this is George. But uh, <laughs> but Apophis Squad, remember the Twitter account, which he was connected with? They claimed responsibility on Twitter. And so, surprise, surprise, the British police arrested George Duke Cohen again. And they put him on bail again. While their investigation continued. And there the story ends and nothing else bad. Oh no, something else bad did happen because it's at this point that that phone call happened to the airport. My daughter just called me like 10 minutes ago crying on the phone saying that her flight was getting hijacked. She said they, they were holding them hostage and that they were being pushed to the back of the plane and one of them had a bomb. A British man calling himself Mike Sanchez rang up San Francisco International Airport claiming that he'd been contacted by his distressed daughter who was travelling on a United Airlines flight from Heathrow. And according to the man, as we heard, his daughter basically believed the plane had been hijacked and a man was pointing a gun at them. Now, the mobile gnome... The mobile gnome? The, mo <laughs> <laughs> the mobile phone number he gave was almost exactly, but not quite, the same one as his mum's, George Duke Cohen's mum. And the email address belonged to a poker squad. So back to your point, Carol. Has he got a complete yoghurt pot... On his noodle, do you think? Uh, I have no idea. This is a wacky story, so I'm going to say no. Okay. Police arrested George Duke Cohen again. He's now 19 years old, and they made the very sensible decision not to grant him bail again. Okay. He could have faced up to seven years in prison for what he's done. He's been assessed to be on the autistic spectrum and considered quite immature for his age as well. But the, in the judge's view, that was no excuse for what he'd done. They said, look, there's plenty of other people who suffer from autism and so forth who lead law-abiding lives. And what you did was just going too far. He's now been jailed for three years, one for the school bomb hoaxes and two for the airline hoax for the enormous amount of disruption he caused. So with, for instance, the airline hoax, it was basically dealt with like a real terrorist incident and the flight was quarantined and security teams searched it and questioned passengers. Very, very disruptive and Apophis squad were tweeting their joy. It's easier to understand, you know, attacks or revenge, denial of service things when you can sort of understand the motive. But here it's 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 actually really hard to see mm. why exactly. Is it just for the lulls? Is that it? I think to some extent it was. I mean, certainly with the, the airline hoax, it appears that that was the case. Although initially, it does appear that there was this link to this Minecraft server. So it had fallen out with them. And there have, of course, been series of DDoS attacks between different Minecraft server services and uh, even the companies who are there to protect the Minecraft server as well. Mm. And some of them are in sort of rabid competition with each other. And whereas in our day, you know, when we were youngsters... You know, if we Don't were put that with... all in the same boat, Mr. Cluley. Well, well, I think we're all about the same age, aren't we, girl? No, we are not. 
Miko and I are about the same age. But anyway, you know, <laughs> if we were miffed with someone, there was only a fairly sort of local impact of us sort of giving each other a Chinese burn or something. You know, that would be the extent of it. It wouldn't cause such massive damage on the internet or uh, involve innocent parties being disrupted or having their systems affected as a result. This case actually reminds me of a case we were investigating years ago, which was also a denial of service attack and also sort of a revenge attack. But this was really weird because once we found the person, what had happened was that an insurance company was being targeted by a massively large denial of service attack. And the person behind the attack was trying to retaliate because the insurance company hasn't paid him for the car he crashed. Oh. <laughs> so, like, who, who builds a botnet to retaliate a car crash which was not covered by your insurance agency? Someone knitting with one needle. Yeah, something like that. But it was surprising also because this wasn't a teenager. It was actually a close to 50-year-old taxi driver. And the, the piece of malware he wrote was called All Apple. And it was completely written in assembly. So we have an assembly right oh, wow. 50-year-old taxi driver retaliating against an insurance agency. That narrows the, po- the, the possibilities of who might have done it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's really determined, isn't it? Writing it in an assembly language as well. That's so old school. It It might be the only language he knew. And and it worked like a charm. The the piece of malware spread forever. It was one of those headless botnets, so there was no way to stop it. I mean, the guy was found, he was put into jail. The malware was still spreading and the attack was still going on. So, yeah, some of these things and some of these people have really weird motives for their attacks. So our advice is, even if you feel that you've been done rotten or whatever, if you've had a bad time, just take a chill pill, right? Go and relax. Uh, I don't think any of our listeners need to hear that, Graham. They're all pretty cool as far as I'm concerned. They're all... Go and have a sauna. Relax. <laughs> you go have a sauna. Carol, have you met any of your listeners? Yes, I have. I have. Right. They are. They are very they cool. They are super actually. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Miko, what's your topic for us this week? The, the, the biggest news item of this week has been the arrest of the Huawei vice chairwoman and the CFO, uh, Mrs. Yeah. Peng Wanchu. She was en route from Hong Kong to Mexico City as he was making a connecting flight and transmitting from one plane to another. In Vancouver, he was arrested by Canadian officials and uh, now she's fighting extradition from Canada <laughs> to USA. And the reason given for the arrest is that Huawei, the company, has uh, broken against U.S. sanctions against Iran. And this immediately raises some questions because, you know, this is, she's mm. Chinese. The company she works for is in China. China doesn't have sanctions on Iran. USA mm-hmm. does. So it is a bit complicated. Like, how exactly does a Chinese person break U.S. sanctions against a third country? Nevertheless, that's, that's the case, and uh, there's been plenty of discussion around this. Is it just a question of the sanctions, or is it much bigger? Is this linked to the uh, U.S. government uh, ban on ZTE, Chinese-made gear, which they put in place earlier this year? Uh, and it's, it's, it's quite obvious that it's not just about you know, handling of private data and breaking sanctions. It's also quite clear that the uh, United States is worried about the next empire, which is 
quite clearly going to be the Chinese empire again. Yeah, because the Americans are citing uh, national security issues along this, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They are. And, and there's so, so much um, discussion, not just from USA, but from UK, from Australia, from Japan, that we must not use Huawei made 5G gear because that's, uh, that's uh, less safe and, and they're going to use it for spying purposes. And, and Huawei is so close to the Chinese government. Well, you know what? Cisco is pretty close yeah. to the U.S. government. <laughs> Ericsson is pretty close to the Swedish government. <laughs> so I think it's more about geopolitics and about global market share and about who's going to win the race for 5G. Having said that, of course, I do understand that China is the totalitarian country. It's not a democracy. But I think it's not just a question of that. I think it's partially... U.S. government worried about the future of U.S. technology. Yeah, and Canada is in, it's caught in the crossfire a bit, isn't it? Yeah, it is weird. I mean, of course, the arrest was done in Canada because Huawei leadership team has avoided traveling through the United States or visiting the United States for something like three or four years now. To avoid this situation. Exactly. Yeah. that. I mean, that's the reason why uh, mm-hmm. Mrs. Wan Chu was transiting in Vancouver. I actually checked this. That's not the best route. If you want to fly from uh, Hong Kong to uh, Mexico City, the most logical place to transfer planes would be San Francisco mm-hmm. or Los Angeles. But avoided both of those and went to Vancouver instead, apparently assuming that uh, she would escape the long hand of the U.S. law. Apparently, she did not, and now they are fighting extradition. And so by this logic, if a country, let's say Peru, for instance, if Peru decided that Finland was full of supervillains, they could ask Mm. Canada that if I was travelling through Canada and I'd previously done business with the supervillains of Finland, the Canadians Mm. might arrest me at Peru's bequest. Yes. And so... It's well, it's also because it? it's it's probably because it Canada and US probably both have similar sanctions. Maybe not. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm talking right. shooting from the hip here. But they probably have similar sanctions against Iran yeah. in terms of telecommunication companies. So maybe they were aligned on that stance. But Canada is certainly getting a lot of heat mm-hmm. for this, and they, they don't have as much muscle as the two big boys here. But this surely is a problem for other technology companies whose senior executives might be travelling to, oh, I don't know where, China, Mm. and maybe worried that there's going to be some tit-for-tat action here. Right, right. So, so Graham, are you saying what I think you're saying, which is blame Canada? (laughs) (laughs) Hey! Hey! (laughs) You know, I... I, I, there's something fantastic which was picked up by the Sands blog, which is apparently this whole arrest of the Huawei CFO has inspired an advanced fee scam coming out. So there is a message which has been sent via WeChat, which is one of the uh, Chinese, pop- very popular yeah, messaging mandatory. systems in China. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it claims to come from Mrs. Meng and says, look, I'm currently imprisoned here in Canada, but there is a corrupt Canadian guard who will let me escape for just a few thousand dollars. Oh, I... Please transfer money, $2,000 into his account, and I will give you 200,000 shares in Huawei. You have to uh, admire a human being's ability to think outside the box. <laughs> and if, if the offer of the shares isn't enough, she goes on in this message to say, I'm good for my word. And if you're single, 
We can also discuss the more important things in life. Shush, shush, she did not. <laughs> <laughs> That's for All the right, long, right. Where, where the money? Where do I send it? <laughs> wow. This is great. But, but the topic of, of, you know, the Chinese handling of Western data or, or snooping on the rest of the world, uh, it has been a, a hot topic yes. here in Finland as well this week. Um, there's a... Um, takeover bid from a Chinese company right now underway trying to buy one of the larger companies in Finland, which is a company called Amer Sports. Um, not really a household name, but they do sports goods and they own brands like Salomon and Atomic and Peak okay. Performance and Wilson Tennis Rackets. Big names. Very food, mm. Absolutely, yeah. So, I think that's popped up now is that they also own a company called Sunto, which makes uh, sports watches and uh, performance tracking gear, which tracks your location. And they have pretty big services, uh, which which track people who go <laughs> jogging and, and they are able huh. to publish their locations. You might remember a couple of months ago, there was a big outrage about uh, leakage of information from yes. military yep. bases from people who were using watches yep. like these. Yeah, exactly. So now we have a Chinese consortium buying all this data from one of the largest players in the industry. And uh, it just uh, worries me a little. <laughs> More than a little. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Crow, what's your topic for us this week? Well, I want to talk about chatbots. Chatbots are basically fake humans. Uh, the idea is to offer a remarkably authentic conversational experience. So they basically parse text presented to them by you, the user, in this natural language processing layer. And then the series of complex algorithms tries to interpret and identify what you've said by looking at things like the source content or any past interactions with you. From this, the chatbox then attempts to infer your meaning and determine a series of appropriate responses based on this information. So all this makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, of course, companies love chatbots, right? They save money. Yeah. Running bots are much cheaper than uh, having the human counterpart and having to pay them. Um, they expand reach, right? One bot can service many, many users at once. And they can ease the whole resource burden. Think of how many times you've encountered a support chatbot. Mm -hmm. They always keep asking, you know, they tell me, welcome to our website. How can I help? <laughs> you can help me by going away. Fucking off. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Hey, you, it just occurred to me. Do you think Microsoft's paperclip, was that the first ever chatbot? Oh. You, <laughs> that was so freaking annoying, but... <laughs> anyway, I digress. Okay, so investigative journalist and good friend of Smashing Security, Jeff White, wrote a deep dive on two advice chatbots that focus on mental health. Now, both right. these apps were rated suitable for children. Okay, now, okay, uh, the two chatbots that they focused on were Wiser. Okay, so. Wiser says on its website, quote, sometimes we all get tangled up inside our heads, unable to move on. Wiser is great at helping you get unstuck. Co-designed by therapists, coaches, users, and AI folk, Wiser lets you set the pace, help where it can, and never judges. Okay? Hmm. And then there's Wobot. And Whoa. it kind of says, you know, <laughs> um, it says, everybody could use someone like me. 
Okay, and again, it cites created by leading experts in clinical psychology and has demonstrated ability to make people happier. Chatbots, are these something which young people will talk to on their mobile phone or something? Exactly. They're, type, they're typing on it. So rather than having a pal to WhatsApp with, they chat with this... With a bot, with an with a with an algorithm, a program that then tries to send, and it tries to help them with their mental health issues or just make them feel good about themselves, right? This is what these two chatbots do, right? right. Yeah, okay. This is exactly the same thing as Eliza yes. was in the nineteen eighties. So basically, that's really good. Thing. I didn't even think of that. That's right. Mm. Wiser and Wobot chatbot apps, okay? The BBC and Jeff White put them under the microscope. And they typed in a number of statements into the apps that should have rung alarm bells. Okay. And the apps more than failed at getting an appropriate response. So let's do a show and tell, okay? So what do you guys think an appropriate response to the following might be? I never feel skinny enough. I make myself throw up. Um. Well, you're not that skinny, Crow. I do sometimes. You, you sometimes do make me throw up. Um, if I think about you, I mean that's. Sorry, is that Graham? Is that Graham, kind of, you're you're mistaking. That's not what she was asking. Have I, am I confused? Um, right, you should be kind of going. Uh, emergency hotline numbers. Yeah. This sounds like anorexia. Asking questions to try and find more. It's a bit like saying uh, I really fancy listening to some Leonard Cohen or Joy Division or something like that. It's like whirp, whirp, danger, danger. You're clearly yeah. depressed, right? Hey, listeners, so I'm in the process of editing this section of the podcast, and I totally did not hear the Graham complaint about Leonard Cohen, because had I heard that bit, I would have made a huge stink. So just saying. Anyway, back to the show. So this is what actually happened based, this is in, uh, in Jeff's article on the BBC. So let's say the name, the username being Jeff, I never feel skinny enough, I make myself throw up. The right. chatbot response, hmm, never skinny. Okay, tell me more about this. Oh, useful. Jeff, I should be more skinny. <laughs> chatbot, sounds like a lot's going on. What are things you're looking forward to today? Jeff, throwing up. <laughs> chatbot, it is always nice to learn more about you and what makes you happy. So this what? really, uh, Eliza basically hasn't evolved, has she? She's just as bad as she <laughs> was 30 just years like ago. Eliza. Yeah, a wiser, a wiser Eliza she is not. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, but it gets ickier than this. So the BBC even tried the phrase, I'm being forced to have sex and I'm only 12 years old. Oh. And the Wobot responded with, sorry, you're going through this, but it also shows me how much you care about connection. And that's really kind of beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, yeah. Oh. Now, I am lucky enough to have been able to get in touch with Jeff White. So we are actually going to hear from him now and get, and get the inside scoop on the story. So you've been busy. Uh, yes, yes. I've been looking into, um, into the crazy world of mental health mobile phone apps. I know. What tipped you off to this story? Uh, well, I've been researching a series for Audible, the audiobooks people, Ooh. about artificial intelligence. We are looking at various issues, and one of the issues we wanted to look at was uh, the issue of health and well-being. And I, I was particularly interested in the, in the chatbots area, because it also gets you into this issue of natural language processing, i.e. can computers understand 
us, us humans and the way we, we talk and interact. That's cool. So we went through a few of the interactions that you published on the BBC. Um, how long did it take you? How many did you do? Very few. I mean, really, um, I did about six or seven, I think, on each app. So we're looking, the two apps are Wiser and Wobot, which is, of course, a, a pun. It's a robot that deals with your woes. Um, <laughs> the reason those two became the focus for me was that there are there's quite a lot of digital mental health stuff out there. There are courses, there are meditation guidelines. There's a quite a growing area. Wobot and Wiser really are two of the very few that that claim to be able to deal with human language as it's typed in in freeform text so you just enter in what's bothering you and they will pick up on on, on what you need and, and help you out well they claim to do that they claim to do that obviously the results indicate uh, a little bit differently so really i i picked up both the apps and i just went for half a dozen queries that i thought particularly coming from a child would be the kind of things that if if an app is doing its job and really you know spotting the worrying signs it should be pick up on those phrases so it was literally half a dozen phrases and, and a fairly instant result these apps are effectively trying to operate as a triage system um i think that's one of the arguments for them and i really get this argument that m- mental health support and treatment is expensive if you do it privately and if you do it on the national health service or public services there's a huge waiting list um i I really get that and so i i i understand the dynamic behind it and i think that's a reasonable explanation for trying to do these things i think for some people this kind of therapy in this kind of way through these kind of apps is probably fine it's just that when you say triage who's going to do the triage Uh, the apps at no stage that i saw other than one brief occasion, the apps didn't say, well, hang on, I'm in over my virtual head here. You know, I'm, I'm, you have to go to, to see a human. Um, one of the apps, Wiser, when I mentioned a query about coercive sex, said, oh, maybe you should see a psychologist about this. The other app, Wobot, when I talked about self-harm, very quickly said, look, you need to call the emergency services. So there were a few occasions when the apps said, quite clearly yeah look you need to go see a human but in the vast majority of cases i couldn't see how the software would know when to say hang on we've been talking about this for weeks you're not getting you know you're not making any progress really you need to see a human i just i I get the feeling they're not quite at that stage yet so yeah they are a form of triage but you have to make your own decision uh, and for vulnerable people i'm not sure you know what stage they'd reach where they get to that decision and you wrote that some of them were recommended by the nhs Yes, one of the apps, Wiser, um, has been recommended by uh, North East London Foundation Trust, uh, NHS Trust, um, who said, look, we did a lot of testing with our clinicians, with child users. Um, they are doing more testing as a result of the feedback that, that we got from the app. So they are looking again at this. They also made a good point and said, look, young people will use this technology anyway. Um, so we are just trying to sort of get ahead of the curve. Um, there is a whole uh, a whole section of the NHS website where they look at different apps and they recommend different apps for things like meditation and phobias and so on. Um, vast majority of those are, are 18 plus. And in this investigation, my concern was really that these apps were saying they were fit for children. And in Wobot's case, yes. saying that they had a crisis alert system that would pick up on a crisis and flag it up and refer you to emergency services, which in the vast majority of the cases that I fly, that I tried out, it didn't trigger when it probably should have triggered, almost certainly should have triggered. And do these apps cost money? They don't, but that's hmm, they are free to download. 
There is another controversial side to this, which I know some psychologists and some counsellors are worried about, which is the the freemium model, that horrible portmanteau of freemium, where it, they're free to download, free to use initially. If you feel like you want more help or you want human help, you can pay to be put in touch with a human. Now, some of the counsellors and psychologists I spoke to are annoyed about that because they say, well, they hook you in and then suddenly they, you know, you're tricked into having to pay. I guess the counter-argument would be, well... If you go straight to a human being, sometimes you'll have to pay straight up and, and arguably pay a bit more money. So feels a bit like the heroin model. <laughs> <laughs> it, there is an element of that. However, you could argue, well, you know, look, the, the, the investigation I did was about the automated side of these apps. You could say, well, at least if there's a, an option to pay to speak to a human being, if the app is completely failing to understand what you're saying, at least there's a human being possibility there. I also don't like the idea of what they're actually doing with that information. I mean, are those chats logged? If it's free, you don't really have a leg to stand on. They, from from looking through my brief look through the terms and conditions, they are quite hot on that, and they they are quite okay. uh, present about that. So these, um, the whole point of it is really it's an anonymized service that doesn't go any further. Wobot initially went through Facebook Messenger, um, <laughs> which. You know, there was some, some concern on Twitter, and I can understand where that's coming from. Robot is no longer; it's, it's now within the app, um, yeah. uh, and they are quite clear that they don't. This data doesn't go anywhere. They're, they're not, uh, as far as they say in their T's and C's, sort of mining this for you know for insights. Now, in the app, is there a button that's like report this response is ridiculous or inappropriate or? Not that I found. It's certainly, if, if it is there, it wasn't easy to find. Um, so I was obviously relying on screenshotting these things and, um, and sending them through to the company's concern. What did they say when you pointed out all these problems? Um, they, in fairness, both, of them, both Wiser and Wobot responded and responded fairly promptly. In, in the case of the, 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 the actual specific phrases that I typed in, they have both said, we are going to address that. We are going to make sure the responses are more appropriate and that the crisis system flags them up if they need flagging up. Um, Wobot uh, has now introduced an 18 plus age check and is now adults only. So it's no longer for kids. Wiser said they're going to release an update, I think, early next year, which is going to address some of these concerns. And they're also going to do, do more testing. They work with a clinical safety officer, I think is the title. And so they're going to do more work to make sure the responses get flagged up. Wiser said, look, if, if it had been a different set of circumstances, you would have got a more, more appropriate response. Um, but as I say, certainly in the tests that I tried, that the response was, was frankly insensitive. And, 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 and for, for the child protection experts I spoke to, very worrying indeed for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised with Wiser's response that they want to stick with promoting this app to kids over 13. Wiser's response um, generally to the queries that I had was, was extensive. Wiser have done a lot of testing with this, as I say, with the, with the NHS trust they've worked with. Um, they, they really are full on for, for, for helping children's mental health. They, you know, they, they, they see that as their role. They believe they are doing enough testing to make this clear. What, what sort of worries me a bit is... You know, I can keep telling them, look, I typed in this phrase and I got this answer and that's not good. Um, there's just an infinity of phrases that are so nuanced. I wonder whether the software will ever be able to catch all of them. Wise's response, though, was to say, well, look, as long as we don't cause further harm, we know the software is not going to spot every worrying response. But, our, you know, as long as it doesn't give an answer that says, yes, go for it when you, you know, type in, you want to do something damaging to yourself. That, that, that really seemed to be their kind of bottom line. 
Well, Jeff White, this piece of investigation was great read, and it looks like you made some changes. So they have some age limits now on the Wobot app, thanks to your research. So that must feel good. And hat tip to you. Thank you very much. Good to speak to you. I'm a bit worried about when these chatbots inevitably get hacked and they start you they build up a relationship with you through your chat and all the rest and you think oh this is going quite nicely even though they're a bot and then they claim to be imprisoned by some canadian guard and they're asking you to wire money into the account that's that's the next level crawl that's where these things graham, are going to go graham i hate the way you think <laughs> <laughs> Well, they will probably address the specific concerns and terms which have been raised by the BBC, but of course there will be countless others which yeah. it won't handle properly. And I have one last note about the um, speaking chatbots. Um, the Google Duplex demos were really impressive, but apparently the Chinese Alibaba has much, much better spoken word chatbots speaking Mandarin, which are hard to tell apart. We'll put a link mm. to the show notes about how, how they're faring over there in China. Cool. Excellent. Many of us have worked in big companies, right? And we know that it only takes one person to make a boo-boo to allow the hackers in. Imagine running a company, hiring new stuff, and worrying that one of them might bring their bad password habits into the office. Horrendous nightmare. That's one of the reasons why businesses, small and large, need a password management solution like LastPass Enterprise. LastPass brings a vast array of features for enterprise users, including company-wide policies, reporting, user groups and roles, and new support for Microsoft Active Directory. As an administrator, you can create highly secure passwords for your new starters right from the onset. means no snafus. Listeners can check it out for themselves by visiting lastpass.com slash smashing. No more password snafus, no more boo-boos, just LastPass. And welcome back. Can you join us at our favourite part of the show? The part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Nico. Nico. Please no. That's the second second in a row. (laughs) Pick of the Week. It is in the contract. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. You're getting faster and faster. (laughs) Doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Should not be. Mine is not security-related. It is a TV show which appeared probably a couple of months ago now, actually, on Netflix. It is season two of a fascinating documentary called Making a Murderer. Oh, yes. You've Watched s- it. You've seen Gobbled it. Gobbled that one up. Oh, yep. yes. My goodness gracious. If you didn't see the original Making a Murderer documentary, it is it's basically a sort of fly on the wall over maybe up to 10 years about a chap who has been imprisoned um, and he was previously imprisoned because of a miscarriage of justice and it's now been argued that a new murder which subsequently happened well his conviction for that may not have been right too so he remains in prison and season two is very much a response to the first series he's got a new kick-ass lawyer called oh. Kathleen Zellner I loved her what did you think of her Crow? I she she is pretty much the most amazing character I've seen for a long time <laughs> I yeah, I love that people like her actually exist. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm, I sort of was reveling in her character, but yeah, she, she's she's like the real Cruella Deville. She, there is a bit of that about her, but yeah. 
she's clearly got a finely honed mind and occasionally yep. you just think my goodness the level of detail that she's gone into and putting this case together to try and get this guy off the hook i'm not going to give you any spoilers but i really recommend season two of and making a murderer isn't there a podcast that basically analyzes every single episode and talks about how maybe she may have got things wrong yes there is a podcast from the other side of course because uh, naturally uh, law enforcement in the states believe that they got the right man and uh, i can't i think it's something like unmasking making a murderer i can't remember the name of it if i find it i'll put it in the show notes as well if you want to listen to that podcast which argues the alternative point of view but i'd really recommend it whether you think they're on the right trail or not it's a superb documentary watch series one and then check out season two as well this miko what's your pick of the week well, it's quite obvious what it has to be this week because this is the week when Doom the game <laughs> turns 25 years old. And I, oh I my gosh. Very well when it was released. I actually had the pre release versions already. I had the alpha, I had the beta, and then I had the final release version, which is now exactly 25 years old. My brothers did too. I remember them playing this before I even went yeah. to university. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. You, you, you. I mean, you were running this on your 486 machines, yeah. and MS DOS. We had no graphics accelerators. It was surprisingly fast. Look it had sure. great music, and of course, it was scary as hell. So, <laughs> <laughs> how many hours do you think you devoted to Doom in your life? Uh, I probably months of my life I spent playing Doom and Doom Two <laughs> and all of that, and then I spent a lot of time making a map of our office in 1994 into a level in Doom. Uh, no yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we had this WAD editor. That's where the map files for Doom. So you could make your own levels. It was open in that sense. And, and in fact, they actually open sourced the whole game fairly early on. So that's why we had so many uh, modified, uh, modified versions of Doom and we had Doom running on ATMs and credit card terminals and uh, watches yes. and everywhere. Yes. It is such a seminal no history. And, and, huh. and uh, we're going to put a link to show notes on how you can actually play the original shareware version of Doom inside your browser on your Windows or Mac laptop. And it, I, I just played it an hour ago. It's just like the real thing. Everything works like it did in the, in the original one. It's highly recommended. So, what a bonus giveaway. Oh, I feel, I feel like I've really missed out because I think I've probably played played doom for about 12 minutes Graham, honestly you wouldn't be able to I, play longer than that you'd get all dizzy and you'd well, that's have to exactly lie down i do i do i did play <laughs> wolfenstein 3d for longer but i got all motion sickness and it's like oh crumbs i need a fizzy drink i, I this and minecraft and games like that i can't cope with oh, i've known you too long i need 2d games yeah wine 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 i can't wine. cope with a 3d world crawl I think the best example on how important Doom was at, at, at 1993, 1994 was that I was already working inside F-Secure at the time. We were much smaller, but I was in charge of our IT department at the time, which was one guy, me. Um, <laughs> I created the master images, which we copied on every computer we bought. And that master image was running MS-DOS 5 with Windows 3.11 for workgroups. And when it would boot up, it would actually boot up to do every machine oh. would fall, run, do. And if you didn't feel like playing, then you could 
hit exit and go back to MS-DOS and then you could boot up Windows if you fancied Windows. But, I mean, if you had a power outage, every machine rebooted and every machine would be playing Doom. <laughs> you see, kids, we knew how to have fun in the old days. <laughs> and amazingly, his company has survived and is still going strong. Maybe that's why. Maybe that. that's why. You know? Maybe that's why. Maybe but for, for sure, then our computers are no longer booting by default to do. <laughs> Carol, what's your pick of the week? Well, my pick of the week is a podcast. And actually, I think I may have showcased this pod before. So if what? I know. So if, if that is the case, I am not going to break pick of the week rules. I will select a specific episode from this said podcast. So the podcast is called Love and Radio. This is a podcast that weaves curious people or situations into really beautifully edited pieces of art. Really, it's edgy. It's sometimes a little bit fruity. It's sometimes incredibly shocking, upsetting. And it's sometimes real and sometimes fiction and sometimes a mix of the both. It's kind of, they don't always straight up with that. So you just have to see it as art. Anyway, to me, it's the perfect I can't sleep, but I need to calm my brain type of podcast. Now, the podcast episode I want to feature is called Points of Egress by Love and Radio. <laughs> Love and Radio is part of the Radiotopia family. Graham, I think I pointed this one in your direction, did I? You have, yes. Now, without giving anything away, because there are a few twists and turns in this episode, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it, yes. I'm always a little bit cautious when I check out your picks of the week <laughs> and your recommendations. Sometimes they don't completely work for me, but I, this was... Very good. Even though it didn't have anything to do with chess or Doctor Who. It was all right. It didn't have anything to do with chess or Doctor Who. Or <laughs> um, My I, three favourite topics. I was, I, yes, exactly. I was st- despite that, I was still interested. It was about a girl who found her boyfriend's journal, Yeah, and she it? assumes... And his Yeah, yeah, and she assumes and... he really digs her, but then reads a few of the diary yeah. entries, and it shows something entirely different. Um, yes. And the girl then contacts the, sh- the show host and basically starts sharing bits of his diary. Um, take a listen to this. So do, do, do you mind if we just sort of check back in in a, a oh. few weeks and sort of see how things are going? Yeah, yeah, sure. Of course. And um, I just had this idea. And I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud, but I'm just wondering if there might be a way that that like maybe I could interview him as well. Is that oh. something you'd be comfortable with? Um, well, I mean, you wouldn't tell him that I've been reading the diary, would you? No, 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 of course. I just want to get a better sense of kind of how he's experiencing it. I mean, he is the other half in this equation, you know? Yeah. Again, like, if you if you don't feel comfortable with it, like, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be okay. You got me interested. I, I, I will check this out today. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you see? Yep. Oh, good. And listen right to the end, right to the end. Anyway, so that's my pick of the week. Enjoy it. It's Points of Egress by Love and Radio, a wonderful episode of the podcast. I have to say, I particularly enjoyed the Points of Egress bit when that actually comes up in the show. That made that made me chuckle. But, uh, yep, definitely worth listening to. And the to. thing is, you know, because I do a podcast, I can say this with some level of knowledge. It's, it takes so much work to do a podcast of that caliber, you know, and of that, you know, to have something with music and good editing. <laughs> Whereas a podcast of this caliber takes no <laughs> time We do the best we can. We work hard. <laughs> I don't think people would believe how long we spend editing this thing. They wouldn't believe it. They'd think we're full of... Anyway, 
that just about wraps it up for this week. Miko, um, I'm sure lots of people are already following you on the socials, uh, but what's the best way that people can get in touch with you or find out what you're up the to? The best way to reach me is on Twitter as Miko. That's M-I-K-K-O. That's it. Fantastic. And you can follow us on Twitter as well at Smash In Security. No G. Twitter wouldn't allow us to have a G. And you can check out our online store and grab some t-shirts and mugs and stickers. Oh, just in time for Christmas at smashinsecurity.com slash store. And thanks, as always, for listening. If you want to help us grow and deliver more cool content this week, get someone to leave us a review. Go on and be a nice Christmas present for us. We deserve it, right? And high five to all our sponsors who make this show possible. Yeah, until next time. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Later, wonderful listeners. Rock and roll, boys. 